1: Welcome to Collections by Michelle Brown. I'm your host, Michelle Brown. Each week we'll be talking with people living between the lines, standing boldly in the crosshairs of intersectionality and creating change. Communities everywhere are celebrating the holidays in a host of different ways. Besides Christmas, some are celebrating Hanukkah or winter solstice during the month of December. Many in the African-American community will begin the annual celebration of Kwanzaa from December 26 to January 1st. What is Kwanzaa? How is it celebrated in the community at large and especially in the African-American LGBTQ community? Joining collections by Michelle Brown today is Dr. Kofi Adoma, who for many years has organized and led Kwanzaa celebrations in Detroit's African American LGBTQ community. Dr. Kofi serves as a licensed clinical psychologist practicing in and around Detroit, the city where she was born and raised. She received her BA in psychology at Oberlin College and her MA in educational psychology at the University of Michigan. In 1996, she graduated from the University of Michigan with her PhD in clinical psychology. She's a founding member of numerous grassroots organizations, including Unity Fellowship, Church Detroit, the A. Lord Collective, Caribou House Community Center, Race Matters, and the Ruth Ellis Center. Dr. Kofi, as she's affectionately called, has been a community activist or an organizer since high school when she was a member of the Highland Park High School Black Awareness Club. She credits the club's sponsor, Ivy Barrett, and her mother, Dr. Jane Robinson, for much of her Afrocentric critical thinking skills. It was through this club that she discovered Kwanzaa, a holiday that she continues to educate her community on. Along with others, she started the Kwanzaa Celebration for the Black LGBTQA community. Kofi, welcome to Collections by Michelle Brown. How are you today?
2: Thank you. I'm doing well this evening, this afternoon. I'm feeling great. How are you?
1: I'm doing good. So back when you were, um, you know, you're a native Detroiter and you've seen a lot of things happen in Detroit. And, you know, I think like to me, Kwanzaa celebrations and things like that are things that help us keep our soul, you know, our, our spirit. And not, you know, many people, it would be easy to be discouraged by some of the things that we've seen happen, but it helps us build that sense of community. So how did you, back in the day, you know, when your club sponsor and your mother got you thinking about Afrocentric critical thinking skills, and as you started to think about that and with all the work that you've done in Detroit, how do you see this Afrocentric way of thinking as being part of the spirit of Detroit and a necessary even survival skill for people in Detroit.
2: Well, I know that for me personally, I have to speak personally about this, and thank you again for having me on your show. Uh, I love talking about Kwanzaa. Um, I know for me personally that Kwanzaa is a, is a time of the year, a sacred time that helps to ground me. Around me personally, and I've seen it uh, happen in other people as well, um, it, it reminds us of our resilience as a people, and it brings us to um, kind of looking at our history and comparing it to where we are now and appreciating where we are now and what our ancestors have gone through. Um, and in times like these, you know, during this, um, I'll say this administration, I'm reminded, especially by Ivy Barrett, uh, she was my elder, and I, when that election happened last November, I reached out to her as my elder, and uh, I was very angry, and she reminded me that our ancestors had it worse off than we do today. And so mm-hmm. those are the words that she spoke, and she passed away a, a month later and I carry mm. with me always, and it's uh, it's those kind of moments that um, I feel are precious, are very precious, and so Kwanzaa is kind of that special time for people of African descent to really come together and seriously discuss what's relevant and practical for our lives, the principles and values that we have, um, and to pass them down to the um, following generations. Um, so living in Detroit, I grew up in Detroit and Highland Park, and I give lots of props to <laughs> to the students at Highland Park High School at that time, our Black Awareness Study Club, because we were kind of tired of um, celebrating other people's holidays, and we weren't even celebrating ourselves. We weren't even mm-hmm. learning about who we were. Who we were. We were young at that time. We were doing this on our own. And uh, Ivy Barrett, uh, who taught black literature and black history at Highland Park High at the time, was our club sponsor. And she really, we back then, we didn't have Google. She was our Google. (laughs) So Mm -hmm. we went to her asking her questions. But it was really a a young person, Lisa Lee, that came. uh, She went to New York uh, over the holiday, and she came back and said, hey, y'all, I celebrated Kwanzaa in New York. She told us about it, and then we started celebrating it. Uh, All seven days, every year. So that's kind of how it all started. So Mm -hmm. I think that we could take some principles from Kwanzaa and use them today to guide us and give us direction, give us a sense of hope, and remind us of our, our incredible resilience, the fact that really we weren't supposed to exist. African people were not supposed to exist. You know, we were supposed to be used and then pretty much worn out and thrown away. But hey, mm-hmm. you know, we got mm-hmm. through all the trauma. Uh, we got through. We mm-hmm. somehow got through all the trauma. Untreated trauma, by the way, Michelle. Trauma mm-hmm. that went untreated. Somehow we survived all of that. And so, if we can instill in our children and in us that we are, we come from from uh, good stock, <laughs> that uh, mm-hmm. that would help us to motivate us um, to stay strong, uh, to go out and vote and feel like our vote is going to count and realize our our traditional greatness. But I think we've lost a lot of that here in Detroit and other major cities. We've lost mm-hmm. that sense of who we are, why we're here, what's our purpose as a as a people, as a group of people who have gone through so much adversity uh, and so much damage has been placed upon us and how we're able to still stand here today in 2017 going into, you know, 2018, what is it that that has helped us to do that? And so that brings us to the theme for Kwanzaa this year is, like, how do we use what our ancestors gave us? How have we survived all these years, and how do we use that today? Well, the seven principles of Kwanzaa helps give us some guidance and direction on that. So,
1: so I have a question now. You said that um, Ivy Barrett was on but you also mentioned your mother. Did you mm-hmm. start the discussion with your mother, or when you were had been in the class and you went home and you were talking mm-hmm. to your mother about how you felt, then did she start to talk about this Afrocentric way of thinking? Well, I tell
2: you, my mom was Afrocentric before I was born, and mm. when I came out of the womb, she was already there. She she, my mom, um, she was a, a co-founder of the uh, the, Associated, the Michigan chapter of the Association of Black Psychologists, and it was the first chapter before the national mm-hmm. began, it was actually started uh, earlier, uh, well, in 1968 is when it started, right after the assassination of Dr. Martin Luther King. And then the National Association began later that August in the Bay Area of California. So, as a co-founder of the, of the Black Psychologists, they came together um, and they had uh, strong Black consciousness back then. You know, um, you know, we, you know, the Black Psychologists are very Afrocentric, I guess you would say, in their thinking. Back in there, but my mom, you know even before that, she just had that consciousness and in mm-hmm. raising me and my two brothers, uh, she instilled that uh, in us. My brother uh, actually joined the Black Christian Nationalist when he was only I think fifteen or sixteen. He became the organist so so mm-hmm. we always had books lying around about black liberation, about black history, African history, things like that. So that's how that influence began early in my in my earlier years. Um, and then throughout high school and college and so forth. So
1: I think that's interesting because I think like in my household like I um I tell people my Ivy Barrett was Doctor Gloria House. Mm-hmm. You know? Okay. And I mean she, right you ahead. know, and she was telling us this thing and Mm-hmm. My my parents were sort of like you know traditional or like this, and I'm going back to them, and I'm saying, mm-hmm. and you know we're in we're in, it was an Afro American club, and we were there, and Doctor mm-hmm. House was telling us this, and we were feeling like very much full of ourselves, full of the pride that we were more than you know what we had learned about in school or all the things that people had told us that we weren't good enough, and that we knew that our history. And slavery wasn't something to be ashamed of. Like you said, we survived it. We weren't supposed to, you know. And mm-hmm. and so it was sort of like me bringing this, like, you know, radical newness into the house. And it's like, you mm-hmm. know, where are you going with this, you know. <laughs> so, uh, so I know that when I first heard about Kwanzaa, like I said, it was from Dr. House. And, mm-hmm. you know, my parents were like, well, what is this? It's just something that's made up well aren't aren't all of these things made up you know so for for someone who who isn't aware and who only knows of it as you know maybe they've just seen the cards or they just heard it but they don't really know what it is what exactly is Kwanzaa when you bring in a a neophyte
2: (laughs) well I have to maybe do a little Kwanzaa 101 a little bit here Mm -hmm. uh Because Kwanzaa is a lot of things. It's a lot of things to different people. So I can give a few facts and I can give some personal information um, about what it means to me as well. But just very, you know, very um, basically uh, Kwanzaa is is a holiday. It's it's an African-American holiday. It was designed for African-Americans by African-Americans and it came out of a tradition of community that we already had i mean we already have african mm-hmm. traditions it's just that mm-hmm. uh, many of us didn't we were kept from finding out about what our african traditions are because we were kept from a lot of knowledge about who we were so there was a man named dr uh, uh, ron coranga
1: who mm-hmm. uh,
2: did some research uh, on the african continent about different festivals that they had they were first fruit festivals on uh, which the people of the villages would gather together to celebrate the harvesting of the crops and celebrating the elders and the children of the village, and everybody brought something that they had grown, vegetables, fruits, um, and just sense of community, and that the communal, uh, if you read anything about African philosophy and history, that the communal uh, principle is very, very strong um, in African continents. So anyway, when he did the research, he saw that this was a very special time for the people to gather, and it was at different times of the year. So he took the idea, just very briefly, he took the idea of this fir- these first fruit uh, harvests, brought them to America during a time when uh, we were already starting to talk about uh, doing for self, you know, the Black Power Movement. Um, mm-hmm. And uh, it was a time in which uh, we felt as black people that we needed to really, really critically uh, examine the holidays that were kind of forced upon us. You know, like the Fourth of July. And you think about, mm-hmm. well, where were our ancestors during the Fourth of July? Where were our ancestors during uh, the first Thanksgiving? Right? Where were Where were we? Who, whose holidays are we celebrating? And you know, why, what's the purpose of us celebrating these holidays that weren't meant for us? Uh, so. So it was during that fertile time that he brought over this concept of Kwanzaa, and this was in California. The very first Kwanzaa was in, was practiced in 1966 in California. And it was wasn't that shortly
1: after the Watts riot also? I'm not really,
2: that time? yeah, I'm not really, mm-hmm. since I've never taught black history, I don't know what the chronology mm-hmm. of that was, but mm-hmm. it's probably around that time. But it mm-hmm. was at the end of the year, um, that the community gave, uh, came together, and they uh, celebrated the first Kwanzaa. Now, I will say this, Michelle. This might be a good resource for people out there. Um, there is a film that you can purchase called The Black Candle, and it tell and it's a wonderful documentary about the history of Kwanzaa. And it gives quotes from different uh, famous people in Black history, but they also showed some video clips from the very first Kwanzaa, who was there mm. and everything. And Maya Angelou is a narrator in this uh, documentary film, so wow. people might want to locate that film. It may even be on Amazon, but um, mm. but that's how Kwanzaa began. It began with um, it began with the community and the community saying, you know what, we need to start celebrating our own holidays, and we need to do this for, for ourselves, and it should not be commercialized like some other, some other holidays, you know. It should be something mm-hmm. that we can uh, uh, maintain for uh, generation upon generation and hand it down to our children. So that's where the spirit of Kwanzaa came from or, or originated. So Kwanzaa mm-hmm. is for seven days. It begin, happens to begin the day after Christmas. A lot of people ask me, oh, do you uh, not celebrate Christmas? Well, if you celebrate Christmas, you can still celebrate Christmas and celebrate Kwanzaa. Uh, Kwanzaa is a cultural holiday. It's not a religious holiday. And it's practiced by uh, black people across different religions. So um, you can say it's a spiritual holiday. Um, in in the In the fact that we're celebrating the spirit of Kwanzaa. so it begins on december twenty sixth and goes through January first like you said earlier, and mm-hmm. it's based on it's seven days based on seven principles um, and these principles are um and I can go through the principles in a moment but
1: uh, yeah um, well when you get when you, when you're ready to because you know i want you to mm-hmm. I want people to leave here with an understanding so <laughs> mhm.
2: Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. Mm -hmm. Um, so, um, so it begins December the the 26th and, and, uh, and in your, in your home, like in certain holidays, you have certain items or or symbols that represent, um, the holiday, you know, like for Christmas, we may have a Christmas tree, uh, for Hanukkah, there's the menorah, right? With Mm -hmm. the candles. So at Kwanzaa time, somewhere in your home or wherever you're celebrating Kwanzaa, whether with your family or with your community, you have a centrally located table that has the items. Um, and these, uh, items represent, uh, traditions of Africa and traditions of African Americans. For example, uh, you'll have the, uh, the Nkeka, the Nkeka is a straw mat. That's sitting in the middle of the table. And that stands for our foundation as a people. And on top of that, in Nkeka, is uh, a candle holder called the Kinara, and it holds the seven candles of Kwanzaa. And, of course, you have the seven candles for the seven days. Uh, The colors of Kwanzaa, Michelle, are red, black, and green. And Mm -hmm. uh, we teach the children about red being for the blood, black is for the people, green is for the land. And so you light those candles um, in a certain order based on what day it is. So you have the seven candles that represent the stock from which we all came from, that we all as people, African-American people, we all have ancestry in Africa somewhere. Um, And also on the table, you may have uh, uh, stalks of corn uh, to stand for offspring. And uh, you also have some fruit because Kwanzaa means first fruits or fruits of the harvest. You might also have some books uh, some educational materials, uh, and, um, also you may have some, uh, reminders of our African tradition. Um, and also you have gifts. The gifts are called the Zawadi and the gifts are open on the last day of Kwanzaa. And the gifts are usually, um, handmade, lovingly handmade, um, by the parents to give to their children or they're bought at a black owned store. And, um, when you make the gift you're practicing the sixth principle of kwanzaa which is creativity and also buying from a black owned store operated business you're practicing the fourth principle of kwanzaa which is uh cooperative economics so you have that at kwanzaa time and um you, you know, people celebrate in different kinds of ways, and and maybe later on I can share with you what we typically do when we have Kwanzaa here uh, in Detroit's Black LGBTA community.
1: Well, that's one of my future questions. Uh, you know, <laughs> I think that I uh, I especially like the part that where the parents, like what you mentioned, with the parents, the gifts are from the parents, and often it's something that they've they've made or they've bought at a black owned. You know, store because if we don't teach our children that this is important, you know, going out and buying something at Target doesn't, doesn't say it. You know, like, like Mm -hmm. at Christmas, it's just like all glitter and fancy paper. But this is like Mm -hmm. so real that you go and, and they're connecting to community, connecting to family, and connecting to these very real principles.
2: Mm -hmm. Absolutely. I mean, um, one of the principles which reminds us of of the importance of supporting our own, supporting our own people, supporting our own businesses so that we can, you know, flourish, you know. Um, So that's a very, very important principle that's um, incorporated in Kwanzaa. In fact, on the first day of Kwanzaa, we start collecting money on the Kwanzaa table so that we can buy some, some gifts or some Zawadis that so we can have it at the kids' Kwanzaa on the last day, which I'll explain to you later as well. So mm-hmm. absolutely. So um so yeah, I love talking about Kwanzaa. Mm-hmm. Uh,
1: you, you know, I, I the... do is it taught in I mean, you know, other than in schools, you know, I mean how much conversation is there in our community about Kwanzaa other than, you know, about these seven principles? How is it just like only if you have a special ceremony? Do schools try to embrace some part of it? Um, Do you have to go to a community center? How big is Kwanzaa in the African-American community, particularly here in a city like Detroit, I know that you have been to other cities participating in it. But how does what happens here in Detroit, which people will say is, even though we've got a lot of gentrification going, it still is a black city. How do you see it as compared to other places that you've been?
2: Well, I know that to learn about Kwanzaa, you pretty have pretty much have to be intentional about it and have to be proactive about it. Because it's not really being taught in the schools, unless perhaps somebody requests it. I don't know about the schools. I'm not really in, in touch with the uh, Detroit Public Schools too much these days. I do. I do know that it's more likely that people, uh, children, can learn about Kwanzaa in some of the more Afrocentric type schools that are that are in Detroit. But there have been community celebrations uh, since I can remember back in the uh, uh, mid. Mid 70s. I know that the African uh, African American, no, the African Liberation Committee. That's what it was called. I, I used to be a member of the uh, African uh, Liberation Committee, and they would host the Kwanzaa um, every year. It would be a big celebration, and I'm sure there are some groups around Detroit that still do that. Uh, I know that the Charles Wright African American History Museum has a Kwanzaa celebration too, but I think there's a, uh, one day. But uh, there are pockets of people or smaller communities, black clubs, families that get together and have their own celebrations. Because you could celebrate it on a community level. You could celebrate it in your within your family or among friends. So, I mean, there's no one right way to, to, to celebrate it, you know, um, mm-hmm. other than the fact that it is all black space. It is an all black safe space. And that's part of it, too. And I know that happens to be something that uh, we really have to uh, think about seriously because we really need to protect our traditions and protect our our black safe spaces. But not all African Americans are down for that, you know. They're not invested Mm -hmm. in that. Um, So you'll have some people kind of steering away from Kwanzaa for that reason because they feel like everybody has to be there or what have you. But uh, there are pre-Kwanzaa celebrations that people can have, before Kwanzaa begins, um, for example, in early December, I know University of Michigan, Ann Arbor, we used to do uh, a pre-Kwanzaa on campus, and it welcomed everyone to come uh, across race, across uh, all differences, so that they could learn about what Kwanzaa is. However, between December 26th and January 1st, those are the sacred days. Uh, for African Americans to come together to be with ourselves and uh, talk as men and women and uh as children about the plight of our race, and so we owe it to ourselves, we deserve to have our own safe space, and we need to maintain it, preserve it and and protect it so um so yeah, so I know there are some community celebrations around Detroit.
1: Now, you know, you know, part of what we talk about here on collections is our intersectionality. And, you know, for African Americans, there is that, that church. And although what you talk about, it's a celebration, it's also a spiritual celebration. And one would think that, you know, the seven principles aren't in contradiction or conflict with anything that is happening in uh, a, quote-unquote, Christian, I mean, which can, covers a whole wide variety of religion, but it, it's not in conflict. But how do you find the black church? Is it does it incorporate some things of Kwanzaa or is it like, you know, well you just be here on Christmas and we don't care what you do the the next seven days until New Year's Eve and then show up for church for then? Is is there a working together or a, a trying to incorporate or building upon these within the black church?
2: Mm-hmm.
1: Well, I I happen to know that uh, I just finished uh, uh, going,
2: I went to Hartford Memorial Church on Sunday for the the, the Handel's Messiah, and mm. one of the scriptures has the first fruits, the first fruits of them that shall see. <laughs> so I know the first fruits are in the scriptures. Um, I can't speak for all all churches, all black churches, but I will say this, that I have been to churches Black churches that have incorporated Kwanzaa. I will use my church as an example, uh, Unity Fellowship Church, in, uh, when we had it in Detroit, and some of the other Unity Fellowship churches around the country um, have um, celebrated Kwanzaa or have had Kwanzaa services, uh, Kwanzaa celebrations within the church structure, or they will uh, also light the candles during Kwanzaa or the Sunday of Kwanzaa, Sunday service. I know that Reverend Darren McCarroll, um, he, uh, he made sure that whatever day that Sunday fell on during Kwanzaa, that uh, he had me bring in the canara and the fruit, and, and we would talk about Kwanzaa during the church service. So I know Mm. some of the other Unity Fellowship churches do. I know that in in New York, uh, the Unity Fellowship Church there uh, combines with their uh, Black LGBTA Kwanzaa celebration and are very active um, there. So, yeah, there are ways to incorporate it, and I know some churches have. I just don't know about, you know, all all across the country
1: what, what their practices are. Okay. Now, um, we're going to take our first break here. And when we come back, I want to talk about bringing Kwanzaa to the LGBTQA community. So we'll be right back. Back here on Collections by Michelle Brown, and we're talking about Kwanzaa with Dr. Kofi Adoma. Kofi, when you, okay, so uh, again, it, it sort of really hits on, like you said, it's all these intersectionalities. You do go to, you know, you have a uh, regular church that you go to, you celebrate Kwanzaa, you're black, you know, you're also a member of the LGBT community. When you first started thinking about organizing, Uh, Kwanzaa ceremony, specifically for the LGBTQA community, what was the response? Well, just
2: to give you a little background, that will give you a little bit of context as, well, first of all, why have an LGBT uh, separate, and I've been asked this, a separate Mm -hmm. celebration well like I said I first found out about Kwanzaa I celebrated with my high school friend then as I got older I came home from college and they had stopped doing it because everybody you know you went off to college or whatever and so there was nothing going on so I started attending the community Kwanzaa celebrations with the uh, all-African Liberation Committee and I was a part of that Uh, However, I was starting to come out around that time to who I was Mm -hmm. uh, as a same-gender attracted uh, woman. And so I increasingly found the Kwanzaa uh, ceremonies uh, a a little uncomfortable because they were kind of heterocentric, you know, Mm -hmm. and I I was just coming out. And I didn't quite feel comfortable. Like if I wanted to bring someone I was dating, would I, too, be able – to hold my hand with my partner, would I be able to bring my family there? There were heterosexual families there for sure, but didn't quite feel like uh, I was visible um, or accepted at those at those celebrations. Although I enjoyed the celebrations and and the people were very nice and kind, but uh, I had the sense that if I and some of my LGBT brothers and sisters would come there that we wouldn't feel welcome so it was at that time in the early 80s it happened to be when a group of us a small group of us Michelle we formed the um, a Detroit chapter of the National Coalition of Black Lesbians and Gays so we were called uh, the Detroit Coalition of Black Lesbians and Gays and Floyd mm-hmm. Dunn and Jerome Boyce and some others had formed this group so anyway uh, come quantum time Uh, I I, I told the group about uh, Kwanzaa, and they said, yeah, let's celebrate it because we need a safe space where we can be ourselves, not feel judged, and our families would be valued, uh, where we can come and celebrate Kwanzaa um, and celebrate our whole selves because, you know, we're black too, so we Mm -hmm. have every right to celebrate Kwanzaa. It's not just for straight people, okay? Mm -hmm. So we started celebrating it in our homes just the way we did when i was in high school we did it for all seven days and we incorporated the the rituals and the traditions that i had learned about back at the black awareness club uh and still to this day that same seven day kwanzaa celebration is still going on and oftentimes around the holidays michelle as you know as lgbt's um, some of us are still kind of isolated or or even alienated from our own families, especially young mm-hmm. people. And so they don't have a place to call family or to call home. So Kwanzaa gives, uh, gives our community kind of that place that we can hold down for those of us who don't have, uh, you know, bloodline family who are accepting of us. Um, so for for that reason, we started Kwanzaa, and we've been keeping the tradition going on since 19, uh, 1982.
1: Mm-hmm. You know, and it seems like when you look at the seven principles, I mean, they apply to all Black people. But there's when you also, if you think about being LGBTQ, and there are some of those that just like so important, like that unity of that we can stand together. And by being out and self-determining determination, you know, defining yourself and speaking for yourself as a as a gay person, how is there any significant difference or what do you try to do when the, in the Kwanzaa program that really hits to a young gay person that, hey, this is your community. You're part of that a bigger community, but this is your community as black, LGBTQ, but also this is your community as part of the African diaspora?
2: hmm Well, the one thing about Kwanzaa is is, is- is that it is uh, held up as um, a holiday that has meaning um, for Black people across all all sorts of diff- differences, and uh, I don't know. It's it's kind of hard sometimes to to reach young people about Kwanzaa um, and bring them in because it's meant to be an intergenerational gathering. I mean, ours the way we do it, we intentionally. Um, reach out, do outreach to elders to come in, even if we we have to, you know, pick them up with transportation and what have you, Mm -hmm. and also to bring young people in. And uh, that's kind of hard because connecting with other people for, um, I guess, the millennial generation is connecting by Internet. And you really can't do Kwanzaa over the internet. You just can't. <laughs> you know, there's, a, there's no there's way not to do a it. App. <laughs> <laughs> right? There's no Kwanzaa app. I love that. Um, <laughs> you just can't. So, uh, so trying to convince and persuade, um young people and, and some older people too, to to come to a space and actually interact face-to-face, interface with each other and and love on each other as black people, it could be really challenging. It can be really challenging. I mean, we've had some seven-day Kwanzaa's where the, the attendance has been low and we've had other Kwanzaa's where the attendance has been standing room only. It's kind of been mm. fluctuating up and down. But getting the message out about Kwanzaa, um, has been has been very challenging, even with the technology i mean we put it we can put it on Facebook and other things. The tricky part is is really emphasizing the all black safe space and people understanding the value of having that and a lot of people just don't get it you know unless they experience it themselves it's almost like a seven day retreat just for us to have a place mm-hmm. where we deserve to to um to really get to know each other. As a community, for example, men and women. I mean, instead of, I mean, we go out to the parties and the clubs and all that, and uh, men and women in the LGBT community we, we interact and what have you. But it's different. It's in, it's on a different level at Kwanzaa because we have uninterrupted time. We don't have music blaring in our, in our ears. We don't have alcohol, by the way. And uh-huh. we're really we're really getting to know and connect with each other on a different kind of level. We get to have the conversations that we need to have and want to have, and conversations that we feel like will motivate us and inspire us um, to come to the new year in a way that we're uh excited and um you know we've had we've had some kind of a conversation about the struggles that our people have gone through, but um but having those conversations so that we can be inspired to, to move forward uh, in our lives as people. So um, it gets pretty tricky sometimes to, to get people interested, but we have to make them aware. You know, um, I know that there are other LGBTA Kwanzaas. We're not the first. Uh, we're actually mm-hmm. the second. The first is has been in New York. They have an uh, LGBT annual community quanta celebration in New York City. And, um, it's given by, or it's hosted by the, uh, they're called the African American Lesbian United for Social Change. And they've gotten together with other LGBT black organizations there. And they've been doing it since, I think, 1974. It was founded in, uh, I think it was founded, in, well, the organization was founded in 1974, but they've been doing Kwanzaa, uh, I think since the late, uh, the late 60s, because Kwanzaa was. Mm originated in 1966. So mm-hmm. Imani Rashad, actually, or Imani Rashad, who's now, I think she's 74 years old now, um, she helps to keep this Kwanzaa celebration going. She actually wrote a book uh, called The Kwanzaa in the Gay and Lesbian Family. And um, she was the one that introduced the idea to um, the Soulful Soul Sisters, who are now called African-American Lesbians United for Social Change. And ever since then, they've been doing uh, a one-day Kwanzaa celebration. Um, and then Durham, North Carolina, uh, Dr. Alexis Gums got together with some mm-hmm. folks, and they started a black LGBT Kwanzaa celebration just a few years ago. And they featured uh, her in Ebony Magazine about that. Uh, cool. If you go to ebony.com, yeah. If you go to uh, com, and I guess you could look up LGBT African American Kwanzaa, you'll find an article about that, um, mm-hmm. talking about that. So the, I know of three uh, made, uh, cities that are doing black LGBT A Kwanzaa, and of course the A is for ally. Um, um, and, and so Detroit is probably uh, the second oldest mm-hmm. of all three of those.
1: Now, you know, I know that for years, I mean, you were not only one of the founders, but for years you were actively on the board of Ruth Ellis Center. Um, How do, is there a way, you're talking about young people, you know, getting their interest. Do you find that young people from Ruth Ellis, are they engaged? Have they incorporated at that center uh, Kwanzaa in some ways? Well, not to
2: my knowledge, and it may. It, sometimes it depends on who's who's in charge there, as to what kind of programming they want to have. Because in, in years past, I've been invited uh, to come to talk to the young people about Kwanzaa, and I've done that. But but recently, within the last few years, um, I haven't gotten that kind of invitation. I've had invitations for other reasons, but not particularly uh-huh. for for Kwanzaa. So I know a lot has to be done to reach, uh, the young people. And Kofi Doma can't always do it all. (laughs) And I know that, (laughs) you know what I'm saying? Uh, uh, I mean, there are other people in Detroit that know about Kwanzaa and, uh, Uh um, and they can also come to the center and say, hey, you know, I can come and, and talk to the young Uh people about Kwanzaa and teach them about the principles (laughs) or what have you. Uh But, um, but it, it certainly, um, It's certainly something that is of value to us as a community, too. A lot of young people forget that we have had a community, that we have a history, we have a legacy
1: Mm -hmm. here
2: of being – I mean, it it takes courage to be black and LGBT, you know. Right. And um, Mm -hmm. so Kwanzaa, uh, the Kwanzaa principles have been principles that we have, have used in our own history, if you look back, at Black LGBT History, and there needs to be a, a, a museum of, of Black LGBT History, uh, you'll see that all seven principles have been incorporated in everything that our ancestors have done. You know, Omoja, mm-hmm. Unity, uh, uh Self-Determination, Ujima, Collective Work and Responsibility, Ujima'a, Cooperative Economics, Nia, Purpose, Kuumba, Creativity, and Imani, faith, you know, believing in ourselves. Mm. If we didn't have the faith and believed in ourselves, then people like Audre Lord, mm-hmm. Marlon Riggs, we, we wouldn't have what we have now. We have black gay prides so all around the the country because of, of the unity. That's Umoja, you know. Mm-hmm. So if you look back at our history, you will find those seven principles embedded in all of that. Um, so it's important for us to celebrate Kwanzaa as, as LGBTs and, in fact, probably even more valuable to us because it has um, these very strong principles that we, that we can find sources of nourishment and, and um, sustenance in, in kind of embracing ourselves, our Africanness, our blackness, our, our peoplehood. Uh, like you said, we're mm-hmm. intersectional. We're an intersectional people. And uh, we are on the margins of many communities, um, the black community, but we've always been a part of black history. We celebrate black history at Kwanzaa time. When we pour libations at Kwanzaa, we call out names of, uh, of people in black LGBT history like Langston Hughes. And through Kwanzaa, people learn that there are people in black history who are black and gay. They may not have been out. It may not have been known to most people but they uh, have been black and gay. So uh, this is our time to connect with our history and see that Kwanzaa has meaning and value to us uh, as well.
1: Now, you know, one of the things that I know that you do, and I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to give you, I have talked to a number of people who have an African name, and when we talk about it, and some of them I've interviewed, and they often say, Dr. Kofi gave me my name and it was often during Kwanzaa and I know I saw a Mm -hmm. post um, recently about you know if you wanted the naming ceremony can you explain the significance of that and um, I'm trying to think of who it was I was talking to and I said well did you choose a name she said no that you had had looked at them and thought about them and had determined what their name should be. So can you talk a little bit about that? Sure, can, I surely can.
2: Well, the way that we've been doing Kwanzaa since 1982 is each, each of the days, uh, or some of the days have something special that we do. For example, uh, the first day is Umoja, and certainly we, we light the first candle, uh, which is the black candle, and we, we talk about Umoja unity. And then the second day is Kuji Jakalia, which is self-determination, to define oneself, name oneself, speak for ourselves rather than having others speak for us. That was the most appropriate day to establish the African naming ceremony. And ever since we started doing that uh, back in the early 90s, we started doing that, Uh, we kept that as a tradition. And people adopted this tradition. And there were several people who uh, uh, wanted to give African names. Now, I got my African name Uh, when I was at Oberlin College. Uh, It was my freshman year there, Michelle, and this black student community there had already been doing these African naming ceremonies every year, and they did it Mm. around Thanksgiving time because many of the black students didn't celebrate Thanksgiving because that was not our holiday to celebrate. So instead they replaced it with an African naming ceremony, right, defining oneself. Mm -hmm. So that's where I got my original African name, and I added uh, Kofi to it. So my full name is Kofi Afua Doma, which means I was born on Friday. And Doma, it's pronounced Doma, by the way, means the sensitive Mm -hmm. one. So um, the certificate that I got, is the certificate that we use today <laughs> with the same poem on it and everything. Uh, but anyway, that was the day, the second day of Kwanzaa's when we do the African Naming Ceremony. So there have been several people in the community, not just myself, who uh, was obliged to or uh, volunteered to give people African names. One of them you know is Atiba. Atiba mm-hmm. uh, He He uh, actually... Uh, researched African names, and he named uh, some people that are in the community. You might also know Tori die Tori also mm-hmm. had uh, had given African names as well, and then myself, of course, and so uh, each of the three of us had our own way of of coming up with names each of us have our own personal ritual that we go through personally to come up with the african names but um when I was getting my African name back at Oberlin, I was asked to fill out a form. And so I would fill out a form and hand it in. And we had, we had brothers from Africa, from the African continent, who were there from uh, Ghana, Nigeria, and other places in Africa. And they would come up with the name. And part of the excitement of the ceremony is that you don't know what your name is until you get to the ceremony. And you have your community and your family and your friends there to also hear your name and celebrate it all at one time. So that was the uh, kind of the thrill and excitement about the African naming ceremony. So, Mm -hmm. the way, you know, there's a certain way that I come up with a name. Uh, It includes uh, uh, prayer, meditation, uh, doing some research, uh, reading the form that they fill out because I'll ask questions such as, uh, you know, what was your birth order? what were aspirations that your parents had for you, what are some characteristics that you describe, your, how you describe yourself and how other des, others describe you, and I have them do a small essay on why they would like uh, to adopt an African name, you know, and once they have their name, they can do with their name whatever they'd like. So the big day is the second day of Kwanzaa, December 22nd, and this year, going to be uh, that Kwanzaa is going to be sponsored by uh, a Detroit and we're going to have a small African uh, naming ceremony during that Kwanzaa time so we take time out from uh, Kwanzaa to do the 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 naming ceremony and each person that gets their name their pronunciation and also which part of Africa it's from they get to Mm. also choose which part of Africa they would like to, to to have their name come from and at that point, they can do with their name whatever they'd like. They can legalize it. They can use it for their writings. They can not use it at all. It's up It's up to them. Um, and so that's a very exciting time.
1: You know, and and you must feel a certain level. I mean, like <laughs> these are your kids afterwards. Because I know one of the people who I talked to was <laughs> London Bell. And I yeah. asked her about her African name, and she was just like, it <laughs> was like such a precious gift to her from you. And that's what I've heard heard, you know, from other people how not only was it a gift to have this name, but that, you know, that you had done meditation, you had been, you had thought about it, and, you know, really, it wasn't just like, okay, well, let me take a book and pick out some names, that that mm-hmm. they knew that you had put a lot of heart into it. So do you, the ones that you've named, do you sort of like feel like a special connection with <laughs> them, like they're your, your, your kidlets? <laughs> I guess you
2: could. I guess you could say so. Yeah, absolutely. Mm-hmm. And you know, part of the part of it, it does more for me than even for them sometimes, because I feel so honored to be asked to to mm-hmm. give a name. And if I've known the person, if I've known the person um, uh, for you know for some time, and I know who they are, I know their spirit, and um, I've had the the opportunity to to kind of get to know them on another level. I'll use that knowledge to go into to go into their name, and it might not even be connected with anything they wrote down in their form it 's a name that I, that I want them to have, you know um, so it has a special it 's really special for people, and i 'm just really very honored to be to be able to do it i 've named over i know at least over fifty people i 've kept wow. all of the certificates or copies of certificates of people i 've named through the years, some of them have passed away. Um, but uh, many of them, and you know I'm having a memory now. I know that uh, um, a lot of people from Full Truth Fellowship Church had gotten names when we started celebrating Kwanzaa and doing the naming ceremony, so a lot of them um, have gotten African names over the years. So it's too late to get a name now because it requires, for me, it requires more Mm -hmm. than just a couple of weeks to do it. So I do set a deadline to get that form in. But if anyone is interested in getting a name, and you don't have to get it at Kwanzaa, it's just it's really special to, to, to do it, to have it in front of your friends. I mean, anyone can, can, um, can organize their own naming ceremony, invite their friends and family or what have you, and I can, if they want me to come up with a name for them, I can do that. But if they want it at Kwanzaa, they're going to have to get their form in at least by end of October, uh, mid-November to give some time to it
1: so. i mean i think that, yeah. that to me sort of says you know also mm-hmm. i mean it's part of this tradition and it's not something mm-hmm. like quick fast and in a hurry it's not out of a name book but like you said that you've got a you want them to have it in by october so that you can put some thought into it too mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. that you have them tell about themselves and want to do it i mean so mm-hmm. that's just like uh, how many names are you going to do do you know for this year during Kwanzaa?
2: Well this year so far three people got their information in on time. So mm-hmm. <laughs> it will be mm-hmm. three three people, yes.
0: Mm-hmm.
2: Yeah, So
0: mm-hmm.
2: and that's that's the one that's gonna be at Saint Matthew Saint Joseph's Church. Uh huh. and it's gonna be sponsored by a Doty. Yeah, we have the schedule. The schedule is, is already well the schedule actually is gonna go out tonight. Um mm-hmm. And I, and I really am thankful for all the different uh, individuals and organizations that volunteer to host a, a Night of Kwanzaa. Um, mm-hmm. They're very, very grateful. Every year um, mm-hmm. there are different people and there are some that are the same that devote this time to make sure that our, our community has a place where we can go and celebrate Kwanzaa in a safe, non judgmental space. And these Kwanzaa's, I tell you, uh, Michelle, over the years have been quite spiritual, magical, whatever you call it. Some, I've seen some, some really powerful things happen at Kwanzaa. I've seen um, mothers and daughters rebonding. Um, and I've seen people cry and get emotional at Kwanzaa mm. and realize some things. a lot of healing that happens in the room at Kwanzaa time. Um, I've seen friends who didn't speak to each other all throughout the year, and at Kwanzaa, they're in the room together, and they they come together and they make amends, you know. And so it's just really, it's just uh, something about the, the spirit, the, the energy that's in the room at Kwanzaa time, you know. We, we settle ourselves. We kind of get here. We have fun, though. I'll I tell you, the typical mm-hmm. Kwanzaa day, just to to give you an idea, uh, when everybody comes into the room, we, greet, we try to greet everyone that comes in the room with habarigani. Habarigani means what's happening mm-hmm. or what's the word, and you're supposed to respond with the principle of that day in Swahili. So oh. on the, let's say the third day, if I said mm-hmm. to you, Michelle, habarigani, you would say, Ujima. Ujima means Mm -hmm. collective work and responsibility Mm because that's the third day. Um, And we usually take our shoes off according to, you know, if the host wants us to take our shoes off. We all come in and gather and uh, maybe mingle a little bit. Um, uh, Everybody brings a potluck dish to bring. And uh, we start off playing an icebreaker game. We have a lot of different Hmm. games that we play that's a lot of fun. People of all ages enjoy it. It incorporates rhythm, creativity, and music. It gives us a chance to create. And then afterwards, we start to settle down. We sit in a circle. We pour libations uh, to the ancestors, uh, calling the ancestor spirits into the room, call out names. And then we uh, light the candles. Like if it's the fifth day of Kwanzaa, we would light light five candles. And then uh, what we'll do, and we'll sing the Seven Principles song by Sweet Honey and the Rock. Uh, oh. If you Google, yeah, if you YouTube Sweet Honey and the Rock, the seven principles, mm-hmm. they sing uh, actually those seven principles, uh, the song. And then we'll, we'll, um, uh, somebody will facilitate the discussion on what the principle is that day. So on the, four, let's say, the fourth day of Kwanzaa, the, the topic would be Ujamaa, which is cooperative economics, which is building and maintaining our businesses and community and supporting our own. Um, so after the discussion, uh, we stand up in a circle and we ask the elder, whoever the elder is, to give us some words of wisdom and reflection on our discussion. And then that elder would start to pass a unity cup uh, called the Kikombe, And that's also on the, the Kwanzaa table, I forgot earlier. But the, uh, the elder will start to pass the cup and would pretend to drink from the cup symbolically and then would shout Harambe. Harambe means let us all pull together. And the elder would then pass the cup to the person next to to them and they would do the same thing and they would pull their hand down and say, Harambe, let us all pull together. And when the cup makes it around the circle, um, then we do our seven Harambe's in which everybody in the room will pull down with their hand in the air and shout uh, Harambe seven times, seven times for each of the principals. And on the seventh Harambe, we hold it out for as long and loud as we can and then we go into song and usually someone will have a drum or percussion instruments well you know me I'm gonna have a drum so we mm-hmm. start singing start singing the Nguzo Saba song because Nguzo Saba means seven principles um, the as you can notice the uh, the Kwanzaa principles are in Swahili and Nguzo Saba is a Swahili word Nguzo Saba the seven principles And then after that, we might eat, we might dance, we might party, we might mingle, and we might (laughs) stay all night long and party Mm -hmm. down, you know. And Mm -hmm. then uh, on the sixth day, it's usually a brunch because that's New Year's Eve, and that's usually a night when people go out. So we have it early in the day. We have a brunch, and that's on December 31st, and it's a potluck brunch, but it's also the day of Kuumba, which means creativity. And so we ask people to bring their creativity. So people will bring their instrument or sing a song or their knitting, bring a their recipe, uh, play an instrument, what have you, poetry, spoken word. Um, and then on the last day of Kwanzaa, it's very special. We do a Kids' Kwanzaa Club, and uh, this year it will be at One Church, Detroit. And uh, what we do at Kids' Kwanzaa Club is we invite children of all ages, including adults, <laughs> but um mm-hmm. uh, the Kwanzaa program would be centered on young children so that they can learn about Kwanzaa in a fun kind of way. We do arts Mm -hmm. and crafts. We play a game. And then we have the Kwanzaa Club where they all sit down and learn about the principles. They learn what's on the Kwanzaa table. We have them set up the Kwanzaa table, by the way. We have them decorate the room. We have the kids do all that. Mm -hmm. Um, And then uh, we do a little quiz to see how much they remember about Kwanzaa. We uh, have a storyteller, tell them a story, and then um, we sing the Nguzo Saba song, and then we pass out the gifts, or the Zawadi. And each child gets a gift, and it's usually uh, a handmade gift or an educational gift um, that's bought at a black-owned sto- uh, operated store, uh, or, it's, uh, or it's handmade. Um so we we really encourage educational gifts like books where they can learn, mm-hmm. you know, or game or something like that. So um, that's that's pretty much how, how we do quantum. We have it at each other's homes. We have it at different places. Um, this year the first night is going to be at LGBT Detroit.
1: Uh, okay, hold that, thought, Ste- before, oh, hold that oh, thought before okay. you do it. I want to take a, a quick break, and when we come mm-hmm. back I want to talk about who you're partnering with and where it's going to be. So awesome. we are talking okay, we are talking about Kwanzaa um here on Collections by Michelle Brown. And we will be right back. Uh, Kofi, now I know mm-hmm. what you had said. I know at one point in time you said you're headed to somebody's house, and now it seems like what I like about what I'm hearing you say is it really feels like a community event. You're having it at more than one place. So now will you tell us where are you having the different ser- uh, different days of Kwan celebrating them? Mm-hmm, certainly, certainly.
2: And and we invite anyone in the African-American community, uh, community across all attractionalities all genders to come to kwanzaa there's no fee or anything like that we just ask that you bring your heart your soul your spirit uh, your love and a bring a pot of pot to share with somebody <laughs> a yes, pot right. of food <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> to share with somebody um and uh usually beverages are are are, are um are available so that people bring food and not beverages, you know, so we don't have a whole mm-hmm. bunch of beverages and no food. So anyway, the Kwanzas generally start at six o'clock PM. Um, and, and certainly every year there are groups and individuals that will step up and volunteer. And so, I'm very grateful. Our Kwanzaa planning committee, uh, including, uh, Kunto, who I name? She's one. She's one of my mentees. <laughs> are are going to be facilitating. So. Oh, uh, who you mean? Kwanzaa exactly. Yeah. Awesome. Yeah. Kuto, yeah. She's one of my mentees, mm-hmm. and she's going to help do Kwanzaa okay. this year. I'm so grateful for her. Um, so the first this year, the first night of Kwanzaa on uh, December 26th. That's a Tuesday. Uh, it's being sponsored by LGBT Detroit, and they're located um, 20025 Greenfield. And theirs started at, at 6 o'clock. Theirs is going from 6 to 8. Um, and that's the night of Umoja, or unity, to maintain unity within the nation and the race. Um, and then the second night of Kwanzaa is Wednesday, the 27th. That's being sponsored by Adoti, Detroit, and that will be at the St. Matthew St. Joseph's Episcopal Church. And that's on Woodward uh, in Detroit. And there's uh, also start at six o'clock. Again, bring a dish with you. Um, I, um, also, Thursday the twenty eighth is going to be sponsored by Ngu- Nguvu Tasare. It's going to be it's going to be at his home. And mm. I don't have this, the schedule on me right now, but I have a phone number that you, everyone can call to get information. But that will be the night of Ujima, which means collective work and responsibility, making our brothers and sisters' problems our problems and solving them together. The fourth night of Kwanzaa Friday the 29th. That's the night of Ujamaa, Cooperative Economics, supporting our businesses. That will be at my home at 255 Worcester. And that's going to be sponsored by the Jerry Palmer Group, which is a group of black, uh, black masculine-identified lesbians in Detroit that started an intergenerational organization and so you can learn more about them at 6 o'clock on that evening. Um, and then the following night is going to be the night of Nia. Nia is the principle of purpose uh, to realize what our traditional greatness is and how great we are as a people. And that's going to be at the home of Stacy Moreland, who also lives on Worcester Street, right down the street from me. The schedule will have the addresses. The, um, the following day, Sunday, December 31st, is the It's the day of Kuumba, which means creativity, and that will be a brunch and that that will go from eleven in the morning to two in the afternoon and um right now, and that's why I don't have the schedule out yet we we uh, we're looking to have um a group sponsor that one. they're on hold right now, so um mm-hmm. but people can call call my number to find out what's up and then the last day will be on Monday, New Year's Day. And that will be the Kids' Kwanzaa Club. And we're asking people to bring gifts uh, with them. We ask for adults to be there to support the children. It will be at One Church, Detroit, uh, which is located on Se- uh, Seven Mile near Wyoming. And uh, I'll have the address um, in the schedule for you. Um, and, uh, and for more information, people can call 313 570 1543. And we do ask that people respect the space, that it is an all black space, all African American, people of color uh, space, um, and that they do start at 6 o'clock. And if you can, bring a dish. If you can't,
1: that's okay, come anyway. Mm-hmm. And so, as someone who says, like, you know, I want to know about it, I don't know how to say these words, and I mean, I can tell, I can tell people. I don't know how to say. It, I don't know Swahili. I don't know what it's going to be. Mm-hmm. But one of the things that I can say is that like, it's always a very welcoming space. So mm-hmm. a lack of knowledge should not be a reason to to not participate. You know, you will be welcome.
2: Exactly, and we always do a Kwanzaa 101. <laughs> uh, we mm-hmm. always do a Kwanzaa 101 at the kwanzaa because we realize every year there there are people who are celebrating kwanzaa they're there for the very first time and they and they want to find out about it as well Mm and celebrate it and between december 26th and january 1st uh you can learn about kwanzaa and actually practice kwanzaa and like i said earlier for those who would like to learn about kwanzaa um they might want to think about um planning at their job or at their block club or their church or something having a free Kwanzaa, you can use the same phone number and arrange for me to come, and I can, you know, bring all the Kwanzaa items and teach everybody the symbols and how to say them, and even maybe mm-hmm. show some of the movie that I told you about called The Black Candle. And, mm-hmm. um, you know, that way they can see, uh, they can uh, learn the history, some of the history of Kwanzaa, how it started, where it came from, why, what's the purpose of it and all of that. It doesn't have to be a, a big mystery, you know, um, so, so I, you know, I've been doing it for so many years. I mean, since I was in high school and I've really em- embraced it. And, uh, um, you know, I, uh, I just feel really, really blessed to have this time of the year to look forward to every year. I look forward to Christmas cause I am a Christian and I look forward to Kwanzaa. As, as well. And it's very full for me, it's very powerful for, uh, for me, um, and very sentimental for me um, when I celebrate Kwanzaa. And I've seen a lot of people come and go, people who have hosted Kwanzaa who are not here any longer, and we're, sit- and we're calling out their names during libation, you know, keeping the connection between the ancestors, the elders, um, and uh, the rest of the community, and the youth. I especially would like the youth to really find out about what Kwanzaa can do for them. And these are principles that we practice throughout the year. They're just, they're just celebrated during the seven days of Kwanzaa. These are principles that we're to, we're, we're, we are to uh, reflect on and enact every day of the year. you know. So, um, so if anybody would like for me or others to come and do a presentation on Kwanzaa, certainly would be happy to to make that happen for you
1: you know i think the other thing that's so great about it's like it's seven days and we talked about especially for how for many of the lgbtq community that this can be a hard time and you know to just have somebody's house to go to for dinner or at uh, christmas i mean that's one thing but this is sort of like You can connect, and then you have a week of fellowship, a week of feeling a part of community, a part of family that, you know, Mm -hmm. if anything, will lift you up if you're feeling that isolated, not a part of, and a sense, like you said, of purpose, of being a part of.
2: Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Belonging, a sense of belonging. It really gives people a sense of security. I have seen so many friendships come out of Kwanzaa. I've seen mentorships come come out of Kwanzaa. And uh, to see young people connecting with uh, older people in, in the generation, too. A lot of people, don't, they don't get a chance to see their elders. They just don't. They think they're forgotten about and they're wondering because when I go to Ruth Ellison sometimes it's like where where are the where are the mm-hmm. older people where are the elders at you know and it, mm-hmm. you it, you know just to to be in uh their presence and to um to just have a conversation it really lightens up um each other's worlds you know for the elder and for the young person but i've always been about bringing generations together that's just just kind of like my my thing, you know, and uh, um, so I'm really hoping that the word gets out, especially to to young people so they can to learn how to va- value um, just togetherness, physical, physical togetherness, and I know it's Detroit, I know it's Michigan, I know it's cold outside, and it's <laughs> snowing, and it's ice, and all of that, but I tell you, I've been through some Kwanzas where there have been snowstorms, and somehow people make it there. <laughs> because it's just something about it it is something so special they can't be described in words. in Kwanzaa time, when Kwanzaa time rolls around, people get excited. I have people call me that I haven't seen in years and they they live on the other side of the world and they'll call me and say, "Are y'all still doing Kwanzaa? I'm in I'm in town. Are y'all doing Kwanzaa? You might mm-hmm. remember us." Uh, Thomas the Shakespeare. <laughs> you might remember oh, yeah, him. Oh yeah, yeah. Oh yeah. He, he does that. He makes sure when he's in town, where's Kwanzaa? I got to get my Kwanzaa on, you know. Uh,
1: so heard
2: i just I'm just really proud of this community having maintained this particular Kwan, seven day Kwanzaa celebration throughout all of these years and I wish it for for others across the country who just need a place to be during you know during the holiday season and Kwanzaa can be a part of the- you know the holiday season uh mm-hmm. for people um, absolutely you can tell I love kwanzaa right.
1: Oh, yeah. I could tell. I knew I had the right person. You know, I think it's so appropriate, too, that you're going to start off the first thing is that LGBT trait, and what is on their mm-hmm. sign outside,
2: Mhm.
1: it's the icon and Kwanzaa symbol for Ujamaa. I mean, you know, I mean, so mm-hmm. we are, our community, it's more than just like these seven days. This is mm-hmm. like, you know full immersion Kwanzaa that then you can <laughs> live with and carry with you throughout the year.
0: Mm-hmm. Now, so
1: I think, I think that that's just great. Well, Kofi, mm-hmm. I want to thank you so much for taking the time to educate, to talk about, hopefully inspire some people to, if nothing else, to find about it and celebrate Kwanzaa in their home with their family and loved ones. But hopefully to come out and be a part of, you know, what we have here, which is a really amazing, great community here in Detroit, and be a part of Kwanzaa this year. I want to thank you for keeping it going mm-hmm. for all these years. And you will always be, have a super K on your chest. You know, we're a Kwanzaa. We're going to call you, and the K is for Kofi and for Kwanzaa, because, like I said, you have kept it going, and you have been that, 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 that drumbeat that makes, okay. makes sure that we continue to hold true to our, know about our ancestors and these traditions, which, like you said, it, it's we are more than what they want to portray us as. We just have to get in touch with them. So, Kofi, I want to thank you again.
2: Thank you. Thank you so oh, much.
1: Yeah, and you enjoy these holiday seasons, and I will see you at some point during Kwanzaa. I hope so. Merry Christmas and Happy Kwanzaa. Exactly. Okay, Kofi. Well, thank you, and you have a good evening. You do the same.
2: Thank you. Take oh, care.
1: Oh, I have, one, I have a quick question. Mm-hmm. Where mm-hmm. will the schedule, you said you had to have the schedule finish and it will go up. Where can people go to see the schedule?
2: Well, uh, I'm going to try to figure out how to get it up on my Facebook page, but I mm-hmm. um, I have um I have a, a email list, Karibu House email list, that I send it out to. So it won't really be posted anywhere. It will be sent to an email email group. I know that you're in the email group, so you'll automatically yeah. get a schedule for sure. But okay. it's not and going to be necessarily posted anywhere. Mm-hmm. Um, okay. Yeah, I well, may take one over to the Ruth Ellis Center, though.
1: Okay. Yeah. All right. Mm-hmm. Well, they know if uh, you know they start it mm-hmm. starts. June, December 26th at LGBT mm-hmm. Detroit. Be there yes. at 6 o'clock, and, and, and we'll drop breadcrumbs to get you to all the other locations. <laughs> That's right. There will be yes.
2: schedules there. There will be schedules at each mm-hmm. each one. And they can call uh, the number 313-570-1543, and I'll make sure mm-hmm. that they get
1: a schedule. Oh, Okay, Kofi. Well, thank you again. Yes. Thank you. was uh, quite right.
2: an honor. Thank you. Take care, okay. Michelle.
1: All right. Well, you have a good evening. You too. Bye-bye. Thanks. Well, we've come to a the end of another episode of Collections by Michelle Brown. I hope that um, you will plug into Kwanzaa, the history of Kwanzaa, the celebration, the ancestry of it, and During these holiday seasons, it's more than a spending opportunity. It's an opportunity to collect to our community, to your friends and families, and learn about these principles. There's something that you can become fully immersed in during these seven days, and then carry them with you throughout the year. I especially want to thank my guest tonight, Dr. Kofi Adoma. Like I said, she's super K (laughs) Um, here in Detroit. She is part of the thread that holds our community together. I hope you'll join me next week when I will introduce you to another amazing individual who's living between the lines, standing boldly in the crosshairs of their intersectionality and creating change. You can listen to the show each week by following Collections by Michelle Brown on Blog Talk Radio, iTunes, Stitcher, or SoundCloud. That's all for tonight. Have a happy holiday and enjoy. I wish you the best as we go into a new year here on Collections by Michelle Brown. Thank you and good night.